We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 220. We've got four games under our belt, Scott. How you feeling? You know, I've, I've, gone, I've already gone down a roller coaster, I feel like. I've already gone up and down and up and down. While I'm not getting too far down, um, I did get pretty high. So I don't know what that says, but probably just because it's excitement of everything starting. Um, but yeah, we, we've seen some questionable things happen so far. We've seen some, uh, some green manager issues uh, rear their ugly heads already. A lot has happened in just four days, not just on the field, but also off the field with the roster, the injuries and everything. So it's been a busy couple of days for Yankees fans. I feel like it was two weeks ago that, that Stanton was hitting all those home runs on opening day. Doesn't it feel like a lifetime ago that opening day happened? Yeah, it's, there's been a lot of things jammed into uh, to, to a four-game series. But, um, but yeah, it, does, it, it has seemed like a long time. And you know, just when Stanton getting off, like the emotions were... We're ridiculous starting on opening day with Stanton going out and jacking those two. And then all of a sudden, like, guys just start dropping like flies. And then mm. Boone starts doing different things in the bullpen that we're used to seeing, I guess, over the last 10 years. And so all of this is just, you know, it's absorbing into the brain and you're trying to process how do you feel about these certain things. And that's basically what we're going to talk about today because there's a lot of that. Yeah, it's. I think it's it's important after just four games in the season to keep things into perspective. It's such a long season, but that doesn't mean you can't you can't dissect some things that happened. And one of the biggest things we were we knew was going to happen is how does Boone use the bullpen? And I think we learned a lot in just a couple of days. So I don't think it's unfair to criticize him. For what happened this weekend, and a lot of people are saying, "Oh, you know, he's he's going to learn and all that kind of stuff." Yeah, that's great, but 
This is one of the things we said when you hired a manager who has no experience. Those learning curves are those those are going to be some rough learning curves. Well, and it also depends on you know if things that he does actually work on the field because there are certain aspects of uh, of things he was doing in the bullpen that uh, you and I even talked about earlier in the week when when he went with uh, Tommy Canley for two back to back innings. We're like, oh, okay, awesome. Boone's using a guy. That is, that's, you know, rel- that's doing well on a given day and staying with him. Like, that's something we haven't seen in a long time. And then, you know, something similar happens to that effect and it backfires. And it's, we're like, whoa, whoa, I, I can understand you doing it with one guy, but why would you in the million years do it with Batantis? So there's, I don't know, there's just so many different things that, that he did. And I don't want to get too far into it because I know we're going to talk about this later. But um, it was interesting to say the absolute least. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's still great to have baseball back. One of the... One of the things I love most about baseball and during opening week is it, unlike when football starts or whatever other sport you may be a fan of, it's just every day. So you know it's just going to come the next day, good or bad, win or lose. You have something to look forward to the next day. And this is my favorite time of year is early April when you've got new season of baseball. You've got March Madness going on. You've got the Masters this coming week, week which is definitely the best golf tournament of the year. So regardless of what may have happened the yankees split with toronto it's still a fun time to to be us i guess <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah I and mean, it was it was a split at the end of the day it was a split yeah uh, so not not the uh, not the worst thing in the world to to go out you know start on the road and and uh, split a four game series you know could have been better oh could have been definitely could have been but, better uh, but wasn't so it is what it is yeah and uh, we're a week away from six days away from April April 7th which is the first Bronx Pinstripes event it's the first Saturday home game of the season against Baltimore we've got uh, it's the one o'clock game the pregame party at the dugout beforehand uh, there's still time to order tickets right yeah so today is probably gonna be the cutoff um, again working with the Yankees on the tickets and and uh so today will most likely be today being Monday will will be the last day you can buy tickets. Um, we had a cutoff last week for if you wanted to get your T-shirt in time for the event. So shirts have been have been and are being printed uh, and they started going out on Friday. Uh, they will be continually shipped out and they should be at your place. Fingers crossed, but they should be. We, we set it up uh, plenty of time uh, to get to everybody's house. Um, this week. So you look for your shirts if you're going to the game um, and then make sure you're wearing them during the game too, because that's, that's the whole reason for why we send them to you early. <laughs> I was going to say that if you didn't say it, I was going to say just, I don't know if it needs to be said, but let's yeah. just say it anyway. Right. Right. And if you haven't seen what the shirts are, they're the one mission shirts. I, I put they're on Instagram. They're on our Twitter at some point, uh, but they're not on the website. They're not for sale right now. Probably make a, a variation of the shirt at some point for sale, but these are, uh, are there's a couple of details in it that are only for this event. So yeah, I'm excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're we're right around 200 people. Um, going to be a good time pregame. Make sure you get out there early. Uh, get a couple of drinks. Let's all hang out. You know, love to meet as many people as possible. And then we uh, we head into the stadium and and start start making some noise. If you have big heads, if you have signs, if you have banners, whatever, bring it all. Let's uh, let's let's get. Let's get crazy with it. But um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Absolutely. And if you can't make the April 7th, the next one is May 26th. So we have definitely some time leading up to that game. That is a Saturday night game against the Angels. And maybe Otani will be pitching, but maybe that's not going to be as fun as we thought. Because I don't know if you saw Otani today. He actually looked pretty good on the mound. But um, that that Angels game is Saturday night at 7. Beforehand, we're going to be at the Bronx Brewery for the pregame party. And it's the same deal. You get the t-shirt with with the event ticket. So that's on the website now. Go check that out. Yeah, and they we're going to have a food truck at the event as well. That's something that I, I just heard back from these guys. Uh, I'll announce the food truck uh, after after the first April seventh event. But from from what I from what I hear, it's one of the one. It's a food truck in the city that is uh, that's extremely popular. That's that's what I'm what I'm hearing from the guys at the brewery. So I will let you guys know what it is. Before we get to uh, more stuff from the from the weekend and takeaways, you want to tell people people about ZipRecruiter. Yep, I want to ask anybody here who owns a business if you're hiring, posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it. That's a problem. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Right now, all the listeners of the Bronx Pinstripe Show 
can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bronx. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bronx. ZipRecruiter, one more time, dot com slash Bronx, the smartest way to hire. We already kind of touched on it in the open on what some of our takeaways for the were from the opening weekend, but I think we kind of mentioned a negative thing. One thing I want to touch on, and it's actually a positive, even though it, it, it only came out because of negatives, which were injuries, but this team does have depth, and it's a damn good thing they have depth because Hicks goes down with, uh, on the DL, so your starting, left, uh, your starting center fielder goes down after opening day. The guy you call up to replace him then goes down, Billy McKinney. And this team is still, I think, can uh, stay afloat until the rest of the guys are healthy. So depth is already playing a huge part on this team. Yeah, absolutely. We thought we had a zillion outfielders, and, and we kind of do, but uh, at the same time, they're all hurt right now. You got... You got um, Ellsbury, who is, I think he's playing games, but he's not fully ready to come back. So he's going to be coming back at some point. It doesn't seem like Hicks's injury is a, is a big deal. Uh, he didn't even want to go on to the DL. He was he was kind of lobbying to not go on the DL, but they did put him on there with the ribcage muscle injury. And so hopefully he should be back soon. So hopefully this isn't something that will continue on very long. But yeah, they got to put some bodies out there to get it. Billy McKinney, I mean, that was a hard hit. He, I, I'm not... He he ran up and, and and went to get that ball and uh, and crashed pretty hard into uh, into the into the wall. Stayed into in the, the game. Into let's be that's a metal into like fence. a scoreboard. It's like yeah. a freaking yeah. It was a it was a hard hit. Um, but yeah, he's gonna miss time now because he's got a an AC sprain in the shoulder, and um, which is his throwing shoulder. Which is I think why it's a problem. It's, why it's if it was his other shoulder, maybe they wouldn't put him on the DL. But because it's his throwing shoulder, he's actually kind of useless if he can't throw the ball from left field. So. It sucks. It sucks. Like you, the kid gets his shot. He gets a hit in his first at bat. He looked good. He was patient at the plate. Maybe should have struck out, but hey, let's not talk about that. He did get a base hit and you're happy for the kid. And then he's out there the next day. And in the first, I believe it was the first inning, right? He I just, think it was, yeah. It's, it's like, really? Really? This is happening? So, <laughs> Yeah, well, now we have options, right? We got to look to see what, what Boone's going to do over the, uh, the next week or two. Uh, until when he can get one of these guys back, if Hicks or Ellsbury can come back and uh, and be out there, because you know it's a it's center field, it's different, and I know they had Judge out there in uh, in center on Saturday, and that was just like making me nervous the entire time. Yeah. Like this is guy, this guy is so important, and we're like we're putting him in a position that he hasn't played in a very long time. Um, I don't know. That's like I understand it's a, he can play the position with no issue. That's not my my problem with it. It's just the the feel for it, and we know he goes balls out, so. Uh, there's, I don't know. To me, it's just a it's a risk. You know, maybe you don't even want to use. Maybe you don't even want to. It's not worth it. Yeah, a couple um, a couple of days. The center field is a different animal. <clears throat> here and there, if, if judges in center field a couple of days, I'm not really too worried about it. But if this is a long term solution until guys are healthy, I think that's going to really wear down Judge unnecessarily. Yeah, and you know Gardner should be out there for sure. He should be in the in center field um, until. Until one of these guys get back, like that—that's the, or the, him or you're looking at Tyler Wade as another guy who can go out there and play the outfield. He played the outfield in Scranton. He's athletic as anybody on the team. He can play the positions. I trust him defensively pretty much anywhere on the field. Like the guy is, uh, you know, a, a hell of a glove, and he really does show flexibility in the way that he can play. So I, I'm fully confident in him going out there too. I think that's what we'll see. I think it's it's actually a puzzle for for uh, Boone at this point, and this is going to be a challenge. Another another thing thrown at him in his first week. Like here's a couple injuries to deal with. But you're right. Wade can play the infield and the outfield. Jury can at least play the corner outfield positions if we need him to. Tyler Austin, I think, is maybe an emergency right fielder. Uh, same with uh, same with Neil Walker, emergency corner outfield if they absolutely need it. But they actually only have three true outfielders on the roster right now. Two of them are right fielders. <laughs> so yeah. St- Stanton looked okay in left field on Sunday, but... He made a nice play, actually, on a, on a ball that, that uh, was hit down the line off of, um, I forget who hit it, but Chad Green was pitching. Um, but Ellsbury, you mentioned earlier, he's ready to come. He can come off the DL on April 5th, but I'm not sure he's actually ready because he's still rehabbing. But they might have to force him just because they need someone who can play the outfield. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's whether they're going to have him do these rehab games down in the minor leagues or continue to have them down in the minor leagues or just say, hey, you know, you need to get your at-bats, might as well get them in the majors at this point because, yeah, we need somebody to play the outfield. Well, let's be honest. And, Are the at-bats from Ellsbury going to be that much different if he gets a few in the minors or just a few in the majors? Yeah, probably not. It's not, it's not that big of a difference to, 
to to really wait if you need him that badly. No. So no, I, I mean I I think he's going to be up as soon as he's eligible. But it's just a matter of him physically feeling ready. I don't think it's as much as the reps as it is just making sure his body's ready and that he's ready to go. Because you know, I mean, he really didn't have much. Uh, of a spring training. So you want to make sure that his body is physically ready so that he doesn't get injured uh, when he's you know going all out. And Clint Frazier didn't have much of a spring training either because of the concussion. He right. tweeted today soon, uh, another, uh, another cryptic tweet, from another vague tweet from our boy Clint. But even when he's back, he's definitely going to need time in the minors. So it's not something where he's ready to come off and they'll put him on the major league team right away. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. Yeah, right. he's got to get some at-bats for sure. They're going to have to get – and I think they're going to take their time with him. They, there's He's not – like Ellsbury, like you're, you're going to go out there and play center. We need you to play, play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're getting paid too much damn money to not play, play. Clint Frazier's a guy that they actually care about. So they're going to go out and make sure that – you know, his at-bats are good and make sure that he's getting all of those warm-ups because those those at-bats are crucial for him because his timing, you know, is his timing is probably one of the things that he's tried to work on the most. It's a it's a, it's you know absolutely imperative that he get his timing down and get those at-bats before he's even thought about being on the major league roster. And it could only just be a, essentially a week, a week and a half that things are are messy because say Hicks is not serious. So the Hicks injury is a uh, external intercostal muscle, which is just basically a rib cage area muscle strain. And it ranges from a grade one all the way to a grade, uh, I believe a grade three, a grade, a grade one could be two weeks. So that's his time on the DL and he can come back and he can play. And it does it. Like you said, it, he didn't speak about it. Like it was too serious. So if he comes no, back, he didn't want to go on the DL. I mean, he was trying to fight to not go on the DL. Yeah. So it was, it was what I'm trying to actually figure it out now, retroactive to the 29th. So 10 days from there is April, April 7th, right? No, it's about that. Yeah. April, it's, it's, April 9th. A little bit more math, but yeah, yeah. April 9th ish. <laughs> and and <laughs> around, if, around there. And if Ellsbury can come back around that time too, it, you're not looking at too much of a situation where it's a big no. deal. Right. No, I, I mean, I think, I think they'll be able to, uh, to get through this with, with not too much of a problem as far as defensively and, and bodies and such. But it's a good thing. Like, like we said, it's a good damn thing that we have the, uh, the amount of flexibility um, with the outfield position and guys who can play different positions. I mean, that was one of the, the storylines in the spring was guys that can play multiple positions uh, across baseball. It wasn't really just on the Yankees, but specifically to the Yankees. That's what made Tyler Wade such a, uh, you know, an interesting player because he's got the flexibility to move around and play defense uh, all over the field, like he's an asset, and, and he's showing right now why. The Hicks thing is concerning, though, because we saw it with him last year, unable to stay healthy. Yes. Every time and it you was think, close. I mean, I don't know if the rib muscles connected to the oblique, but they're pretty damn close. <laughs> My brain thinks they do anyway. Those that's <laughs> that's too close to not have been affected uh, by each other. But yeah. every time you think like, okay, let's rely on Hicks now. He's our starting center fielder. Something happens with this guy, so he yeah. could come back and then two weeks later be back on the DL. It's true. You know, you'd think that when you're getting all swole in the off season, like if if he's actually as as big and in such good great shape that you know the flexibility in your chest when you're pumping that much iron, like will improve as well you want to make sure that all these things are are working together i don't know i i'm uh, i'm on the side of um of leaning back to camera angles for that one picture i think yeah <laughs> uh, i think it's all a farce so he might have just only worked on his glamour muscles in the off season which you know yeah. if you're not strengthening the core you can have some some issues especially yeah. in baseball with those with well those it seems like taken. in in his the in his midsection is where we're having these problems like in the in the chest and stomach area where you swing a bat and where the most torque happens when you swing a bat is a problem for him and that's a problem for the team because if he can't keep that middle section of his body healthy you know I don't know how you're going to swing a bat for a, a you know 500 at bats or 450 at bats or whatever it is in a season I don't know how you're going to do that yeah it's 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 that's, we have too many that, damn guys now that we can't depend on. Exactly. You know, I was just going to bring term. that up. So we have all these guys that's looking good on paper, but now they're at their their C lineup at this point, and I'm still fine. I'm still fine running it out there. It's still good. We still see these guys producing. I mean, Tyler Austin had a huge day on Saturday, single handedly, almost won the Yankees that game. Tyler Wade and Brandon Drury. Tyler Wade, I know, has only had one hit, but he's going to be relied upon to play a lot of positions. Brandon Drury has been hitting the crap out of the ball this weekend. So you're seeing the depth support the roster, which is exactly how Cashman designed it. But there's a certain point where you say, 
well, how much can the roster handle before it's just too much? Yeah, and you just don't expect to see it this early in the season. No, either. it's usually, day four. Usually this stuff happens you know, a little bit further into the season when, when guys start getting, you know, fatigued. And, uh, and that's when you start seeing more of these, these types of injuries, like, like the rib muscle, like that's a fatigue injury. That's a, that's a muscle. That's not very strong. That's getting fatigued or, or you're, you're, you're twisting in the wrong way, but it's not, it's a, it's a bad sign. I'm very worried about that. Like Hicks is, Hicks is on the list of, of things that I'm worried about too, as far as like him being a long-term player, him and bird are in the same boat for me. Yeah. Let's talk about something that was fun, and that was probably the most fun I've had on an opening day Yankees game in in years, many yeah. many years. Yeah, I mean it was it was crazy. The the guy that the big acquisition that comes over in the off season uh, that that shocked the uh, the the landscape of baseball performed to a freaking ridiculous level on day one. I mean that doesn't happen very often, and. I think it's great. I love when the new guys get whatever it is, a home run or a win if you're a pitcher or, or a big relief outing out of the way early just because it seems like things can snowball on new players and that's not what you wanted to see with, with Stanton. It was actually interesting um, dating, uh, going back to that Teixeira event. Um, he spoke about, do you remember in 09, he had a horrible April where he was hitting like under 200. I don't even yeah. know if he had a home run. And he yeah. said it really weighed on him. And it took him... Uh, it, it, it was a lot of pressure just to get going because he's trying to live up to the contract. And I imagine Stanton, even though he technically wasn't a free agent, he's still living, he has to live up to that big dollar figure that's attached to his name. Yeah, he just, it just doesn't seem like anything bothers that guy, though. He's just, it seems like he's so laser focused at all times that none of this, I don't think he hears any noise. You know, it's just even when he was not happy in, in Florida with, with the situation and, and pretty much the Marlins told him that they weren't going to add people. They were going to take away people like this guy goes out there and hits uh, you know, 59 home runs and, and wins the NL MVP. I just don't think he I don't think anything around him matters. I think he's so damn focused and, and ready to go um, on game day that, you know, he's just he's just that good. So uh, that one didn't surprise me. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, I wasn't expecting two home runs, but um, I wasn't expecting really much of a, a pressure thing. I just don't think he feels pressure. Um Everything went right for Stanton. He hit the fastest ever opposite field home run, 117 miles an hour, clocked by StatCast. Then he, he hit one off of Tyler Clippard, which is just it's perfect. It's perfect. Perfect um, just juxtaposition between 2017 Tyler Clippard and 2018 Tyler Clippard. Um, he was the first Yankee to hit a home run in his first plate appearance since Aaron Judge and Tyler Austin did it in 2016 in their debuts. And I know um, we were having a discussion in our Facebook group about some other guys the only one i could actually confirm it actually happening was marcus Timms off randy johnson um i couldn't confirm it on anyone else um but the only thing that didn't go right for stanton and this really didn't go right for sterling is that uh pretty god-awful home run call and it was a big deal leading up to it he was he was keeping it close to the vest like he was unveiling he was he knew this was a big one he wanted to unveil it he was a little nervous about it but the italian home run call for stanton was was not a hit <laughs> no, it wasn't. And it was uh so he actually had two. I don't know if you if you know this. The and uh Danielle McCartan, who used to write for Bronx Pinstripes, is an Italian teacher in North Jersey, and I saw her tweet something out and put up a little video together talking about the pronunciation and the cor- using the correct word. And apparently the part of the end part of it, the stop harlow, is like is is not the right stop. You know what I mean? Like you can't be stopped. It's not that way that it's not that usage. And uh, if you listen to both of the calls of the first home run and the second home run, he actually changed the word at the end of it to the correct word. So he was corrected by somebody and he realized that maybe it was his girlfriend who called him and said, hey, John, you used the wrong word at the end. Uh, you got to fix that. But the whole thing was, a, to me, a, just a blah, blah, disaster. It's, it's like, you can't can you get say it? it. He couldn't even he couldn't get it out either. And it was just like. It was like a gringo version of, of a home run call in Italian. It was horrible. It was bad. It was really bad. I, think you're giving... I love Sterling. Don't, let, me, let me say this ahead of time. I love Sterling. But he made two two new calls this weekend that I thought were horrible. Oh, the Drury one? What did he, he, yeah, the I Drury one's terrible too. I haven't heard it. I just know from your recap video on, on the BP Show Twitter that he mentioned Judge in it with something about Judge it's something and Drury. About, it's something about the Judge. Yeah, I forget exactly what it is. It's, uh, the, the Judge has... Um, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, he said something about the judge and then the jury all in one sentence. So every single time 
Drury hits a home run, Aaron Judge will be mentioned in the home run call. What? Like, what? Yeah, Cashman, huh? Cashman's getting too complex. It's what I, I put out a little video Ca- over the weekend. You mean uh, Sterling? Sterling's getting too complex with these. He, he needs to keep it simple. I think I said he is best at second grade rhymes, like the Robbie Cano, don't you know? Those are yeah. easily memorable. You can repeat them. It's in English. Yeah. Even if it's made up John Sterling English, it's still better than him trying to say something in Italian. So I know his, his, uh, supposedly his Italian girlfriend is the one who gave this to him. He's, he, he's standing strong behind it, but I would, I would actually say this will be changed at some point this year because he's going to have to say it 50 plus times. I personally don't think he's going to remember it at some point. I think he's going to forget the words. <laughs> I, I, I'm not joking. I think that at some point he's going to be like, oh, shit, what was it? Something in Italian. I cannot remember it. It's, it's too hard to say. And it's obviously not coming out of him. Like It's not coming out of his mouth very well. It's, it's just not. No. Uh, did you see the David Cohn tweet today talking about – because they were talking about it on the broadcast, and Cohn – he didn't like the Drury call either. Michael K. was did not like – none of them liked it. And um, Drew was basically, or uh, Conan was basically saying that, you know, Stan or uh, Sterling is an OG, does what he wants, and then tweeted a picture later of Sterling sitting next to him on the plane with his flip phone. <laughs> you know, I'm shocked he even has a cell phone. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It, it's like a, it's a very old. Is like, it a Motorola Razor? Dude, I think it's even before that. I want to say it's, uh, it's like the StarTac. It's like one of the original Motorola's. <clears throat> Sterling just killing time on the plane's, uh, plane snake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, that's enough John Sterling talk. I think everyone wants us to move on. Seve looked good. He was honored to get the opening day start. He absolutely, absolutely deserved it. He was fired up. I think he touched 100 miles an hour in the first inning. And yeah. we know, we know Seve. His arm is strong enough to touch 100 miles an hour on pitch one and pitch 100. Right. And usually, you know, when he was really starting to, to hone his craft – that that early velocity was almost an issue because he was overthrowing, and I feel like he's he's just really controlled that so much better now, and he's a lot more of a mature of a of a pitcher, and he could throw 100 miles an hour and still be okay early on, and and that's awesome to see because he just looks so confident out there, like he's that last year was just the biggest step forward for him, and he realized that hey I can do this across an entire season. And now he really believes in himself. And watch out American League because when this guy has that type of confidence and the stuff that he has, I mean, he could be truly special. And after the game, I believe it was Sanchez talking, and they didn't feel like he uh, Severino had his best slider working. But we, yeah. I still thought it was an effective pitch for him. You have to honor the 100-mile-an-hour fastball. So even if it's not his best slider, it's still effective. But... I know he left a couple of them up. He's still got the the Jays off balance with it. And if he can work that slider and he can have that working, plus his changeup, he really is one of the best pitchers in the American League. Yeah, I mean, from what I saw, a few of those sliders were just absolutely dirty. And, you know, if we're looking at all of them put together, maybe he did, you know, not he maybe he didn't locate a few of them like he wanted to, but some of the really good ones were really freaking good. When that when that pitch is on, it's it's probably uh, you know, one of the harder pitches in baseball to hit. It's it's really really filthy, and it's and it's a it's a hard slider that really has a lot of movement. So uh, he only threw his changeup a few times, but again, we've talked about this many times in the past. I think it's important that he shows that changeup, um, but it doesn't have to happen often. He I think he only threw it two or three times, and that's enough. Like that was effective for him. As long as somebody knows it's there and has it in the back of their mind that that could potentially come, makes all his other pitches that much more effective. Another thing I want to touch on from opening day was the replay on the remember the the Donaldson throw, one of his yeah. many bad throws because of his dead arm. And uh, I, the Yankees actually should have scored a run on it because I do not right. think Smoke kept his foot on the base. No, he definitely didn't. And we spent five minutes of, during the replay and then MLB doesn't even get it right. And I, I, and I know you put out a video about this. If you're going to take the time to do the replays and show the 500 different angles, get the call right. If you're not going to get the call right, just don't do it. And let's save ourselves five minutes. You're talking about speeding up the game. Well, how about either if it's going to be slow, get it right. And if you're not going to get it right, then let's just be fast and, and forget about it. But I mean, I guess they think they got it right, right? I mean, that that that's the the conclusion you have to have because they're not doing it to not, to just do it. They're doing it to get it right. So this is even bigger problem because then now there's someone who's inept in doing their job because it was clear as day. 
the, the his foot was off the bag. It, it came off. It never got back to the bag. They were saying that it got back. It did not get back to the bag, and they still got it wrong. So I I don't know. I don't know why. You know, unless they say it's inconclusive evidence or whatever this bullshit. You know, if that's what they they rely on, then that's just a, a crutch for saying that. Yeah, we have to stay with the cloud on the field because you know it's close enough where we're going to keep it there. It was a bad call. It didn't look inconclusive, and everyone. I didn't think it did. No. <clears throat> yeah. So it's just one of the many replays that you'll question throughout the season. It's going to be dozens. But it and shouldn't dozens, be. Dozens it's it's freaking clear. Like we're why they're showing us the angles, and if they theoretically have more angles, yeah, they should never get it wrong ever. Yeah, well, that's asking too much, is actually getting calls right. I guess so. Um, Before we move on to the rest of the weekend, I want to tell you guys about the Draft app. This, If you love fantasy baseball, then you need to try my new favorite app. It's called Draft. This is daily fantasy baseball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long leagues. Drafts last just one night, and you're done drafting. That's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. The best part is you can play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everybody. I used it a couple weeks ago. I drafted uh, an NBA team. It was very quick, like, like... like I just said, it took less than five minutes and um, money. Money is the best part. I didn't win because I know nothing about the NBA, but I'm <laughs> definitely going to check out the baseball ones. For a limited time only, all Bronx Pinstripes listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code Bronx. That's right. Play a free real money game for uh, using the promo code Bronx when you make your first deposit. To do so, search Draft in, your, in the App Store or go to Draft.com to enter the promo code Bronx. Tanaka, Yankees started off 2-0. Tanaka was um, solid, right? He wasn't great, but he was solid on Friday night. I thought he was good. I thought, I thought he pitched well. I mean, I think when you're looking at the pitches, and that's I, – I love studying Tanaka when he, when he throws now just because I think he's, uh, you know, he's one of those guys – him and Sonny Gray are, are the more fun pitchers for me to watch. Um, oh, did you have fun they, watching Sonny Gray today? A little bit, not as much, but, but when they're on, they're, they're fun to watch because their pitches do so many different things and, and they throw different pitches. So I enjoy watching those guys throw. And I thought Tanaka was good. I, you know, he, he went through a really long stretch where he retired seven in a row at one point, um, you know, was, uh, he got through six innings. They kept his pitch count low. I think that was probably part of the plan going into it. So, you know, this is what we're going to see for the first, maybe one or two starts. They're not going to let these guys go all the way or, or, you know, um, throw a hundred pitches. Maybe in the second start, they'll, they'll get closer to that. But no, I thought he was really good. Oh, well, I think the fact that you're right, because Severino pitched 90 pitches on, on opening day. Tanaka was 79. Uh, the, so part of the reason why maybe the bullpen ha- got exposed, I don't want to even say it got exposed. It had a lot of work to do this weekend is because the starters were not allowed to go as deep as they would, say, in May or June. Yeah, and that's, that happens every single year. I mean, these guys... If you look what happens in their last uh, spring training start, I mean, maybe they should get ramped up more in spring training. You know, people could debate that. That's fine. But um, usually the first start, at least the first start, they're not going all the way through. So, I mean, it happens every year. Uh, the, the, the thing that I really liked about this Friday game is that Drury had the two RBIs and Tyler Wade had the two RBIs. They were the eighth and ninth hitters. On opening day, you saw Stanton just mash the ball. Judge was on base a ton. Friday's game, I believe Judge and Stanton combined for an 0 for 8. So if the top of the order is not producing, this lineup should still be, in theory, deep enough to win some ball games. And they actually could have won all the ball games this weekend <laughs> if a few things just went differently. Well, right. That's baseball, Susan. I mean, things don't always go your way. But that you're right. The fact that we, we win at the bottom of the order as well is good. And Tyler Wade only had one hit through the series, but it was a big hit. And he drove in runs, and it was a it was a crucial hit in this particular game. Drury, we talked about earlier, has been on fire the entire time. Like this guy looks like a, a steal, another steal. And it's funny because the whole left side of the infield now are steals from Arizona. <laughs> hmm. Which, if I'm a Diamondbacks fan, if they exist, I don't know. If, I don't even know what the hell that it looks like. But if I'm a Diamondbacks fan, I'm mad. I'm not. I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy about the Yankees' left side of the field because those were very good players that were taken from my team for nothing. Well, and, they uh, they owe us for a one. I guess so. They do. That's that is very true. 
Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, it's it's really good to see that early on, you know. And, and I think having a, a guy like Neil Walker, who's really just a professional hitter and and has been you know effective in the major leagues for a long time, just gives you some stability down there as well. So and Drury, you know, if this kid can, I mean, he's not going to play like he did in this series the whole entire year, obviously, but he looks really good early on. Well, you see, he looks like a gamer too. By the way, I said that that was one of the reasons I liked him mm-hmm. in the beginning. But damn, is that. The book on him being a gamer, like super focused, but he doesn't even look like he talks to many people. He's just like so freaking locked in. That's what he looks like. And I love it. The gamer is just something you you just see, right? Like it's all, yeah. it's full eyeball tests. It's like that guy's a gamer or yeah. that guy's not a gamer. Jury, exactly. It's the gamer. look on his face. hundred <laughs> percent gamer. Well, I think what you're seeing and what we saw with the, with the pop to both right field and left field, because he had the double off the wall on Friday is a home run at Yankee stadium. It was off the very top of the wall in uh, Toronto, and then he hit the home run to left field um, today on Sunday. So you saw both field power from Jury, which is really what the Yankees are excited about. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, listening to the broadcast today, they were talking about him in uh, in Arizona where they had him at second base, which was really out of position where he's come up as a third baseman. Now he's back at third base, you know, in his comfort spot in the infield um, playing defense. And, you know, he looks comfortable at the plate. Kid looks like he's making just that next step in in, in a career of a guy who uh, who looks like he's going to have one uh, a fantastic career at the plate, and uh, I'm excited about him. I really am. I think I picked him as my as my uh, standout new guy, right? And yeah. I, I think that uh, um, I don't know. Hopefully, I'm I'm dead on for for all of our sakes because uh, if he can if he can produce like this and and you know hit. I don't know how many home runs. Probably in this today's baseball, he's a thirty home run guy, right? Everyone's a thirty home run guy. He's a thirty home run, home run guy. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's shit. got some serious pop. Shit, we're twenty home run guys if we if we suit up right now. So Jury's a thirty home run guy. Uh, how do you think the Yankees though? Because Anduar is now on the roster. They called up uh, Anduar from from the minors after McKinney went on the DL. He was DHing on Sunday. I expect though him to get time at third base. So do they keep Jury's bat in the lineup and shift him over to second base? Um, I think I think we're gonna see Andor at first base a little bit. Uh, that's that's what well, I think. I, I think we're gonna see some some of him over there. I don't know why you would take Drury at like third base is not the problem right now. Uh, the problem is no, is you, other you wouldn't move him around for a problem. But right now, Andor is on the roster, and his only comfortable position is third base. So if you're gonna put him in the lineup, unless Stanton and Judge are playing the field every day. Unless Drury goes a second, Wade is in the outfield or something along those lines, maybe. Um, but I, I thought I read somewhere as well that that they are thinking about putting Andrew at first base too. Like that's a, a a possibility. We'll see. I don't know. I would love to see it, you know, because uh, because I think it could be. <laughs> at this point, let's just see what happens. You know what I mean? Like I I, I have I have confidence if he could play third base, he could play first base. Well, here's why I don't know why Alex Rodriguez couldn't. I still don't understand that. Uh, here's the actual silver lining. If you want to take a silver lining from all of this, it's going to push guys to see what they're capable of. Yeah. So we're going to figure out what this roster is actually capable of in the first couple weeks. And the good thing too, silver lining number two is it is happening early. So we can adjust to things. It's not happening a little bit later. I mean, hopefully it doesn't linger on, but usually when things happen early on in the season, you know, you can overcome them and you can, you kind of chalk that up as, uh, you know, beginning of the season, even if you go off to a, a slump at the beginning of the season, teams overcome it all the time. So now is not the worst time in the world for these things to happen. No, it just seems to be piling up all at once. Yeah, we don't want too much more. Like this is, we're at our limit right now. Like this is it. There's a brink. And uh, after all that happened, then uh, when Warren took the comebacker off the shin, off the ankle, I'm like, it's now hitting both sides of the ball. And it, it's, I don't know. Um, and it happened pretty damn fast <laughs> right after yeah. that Warren gets drilled by this comebacker. And I was actually listening to the game at that point, uh, listening to John and Susan. And, you know, they're they're funny when you're talking about injuries because they're always predicting that if somebody gets injured all the time in baseball. And, I mean, it was like, uh, you know, there was so, the, the Reaper was coming by just taking bodies out of the uh, out of the Yankees roster. It's crazy. How many, uh, how many hours do you think we dedicated to what the Yankees are going to do with all the outfielders in the offseason? Yeah, quite a bit of time, and now nothing matters. So maybe next offseason, whenever we get a mailbag question about what the Yankees are going to do with XYZ because they have too many of these players, we just rip them up and say somebody will be injured in the first week of the season. Yes, and I mean, that's, that's kind of one of the, 
we've said this in the past that you got to be ready for these types of things. Usually you're talking about on the pitching side more than you're talking about the position, the position player side, because the amount of position players that have gone down is what is very rare. Like you don't see that many guys go down at one time very often. Well, think back to last April, they had Didi go down at the end of spring training. He wasn't playing for the first three or four weeks of the season. And then I believe on opening uh, weekend in Baltimore, didn't Gary Sanchez go down with the bicep issue? So yeah, he had an early issue. Bird. So this is again. the second year in a row. Yeah, Bird. This is the second year in a row that the Yankees are dealing with this. They had a really tremendous April last year. And Tanaka was not even <laughs> playing he baseball was at that point. Yeah, he was just throwing home run balls on Derek Jeter Day like every day. So the ironic thing, uh, let's get into Boone's management. So the ironic thing um, about his bullpen usage is that we praised him on our live stream on Friday night for how yes. he brought Tommy Canely back out in the eighth inning after a very quick and easy seventh inning. We said yes. Girardi would never do that. He would just go to the next guy in line. He didn't use his eyes and say, hey, Canely breezed through that inning. Let me try and push him. So I believe Canely got another out or two and then he was pulled. But I, I liked the move out of Boone. That was the only bullpen move I liked for him the entire weekend. <laughs> so something I, I had mentioned in the video that I did on Sunday was we're going to see a lot of things from Boone this, this month. I feel like April is going to be a month of, of understanding from all of us. He's going to understand. He's going to get to know his players a lot more, and we're going to get to know a lot of the things that he does. But I think the first part of it is important and important for everybody to remember He's going to get to know his players. Like, yes, he has tape. Yes, he knows how other people did things. But if he just went along with the way that it's always been done, then what's the point in changing managers? He's going to feel his own guys out. He's going to look at the, the way that they throw and make a decision upon uh, based upon that. And it seemed like the early narrative from him was, I got no problem with guys going more than one inning. That's And, you know, I think in a general, when we're talking about that in general, we're good with that, or I'm good with that, if this guy is going right. The problem I have is when you got when you throw Bell and Batances into that mix and you you act like he's one of those guys that can go two innings. To me, we haven't seen Dell and Batances pitch well in a very, 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 very long time. Uh, so the rope on him is not very long. Like, let's get his confidence going first. He gives you a good inning. You, th you put him back in the goddamn bullpen. Exactly. And if you want him to throw some more pitches, he can throw them over there. Like, let, <laughs> well, let's tuck him away. We could get him some B-whips out in the bullpen. Yeah, no problem. You want some B-whips out of Batantis after he pitches well? Fine. He's fragile. Don't put him back in the game. He's fragile. He was fragile at the end of last year, and he's fragile entering this year. So he gave up the home run on the first pitch on opening day. But what I liked about him is he settled in, and then after the game, he said, I didn't expect uh, it was Pilar. Swing. Was it Pilar or was it Grichik? I, 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 to be honest, I, I they're all the same. Right. It doesn't matter. They're what he did. It was Pilar. Is, it was Pilar. He didn't expect him to swing, which is I, I, it's a great line. It's a great line, but it's a bad mentality. No, but it's a great line. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty, Dylan, but do not assume players are not going to swing. You cannot be grooving fastballs, but fine. They had a big lead. He didn't want to walk a guy. I get it. He actually settled in and then had a nice inning after that. He had a really good inning of work on Saturday, and then he was brought back out for a second inning. Everybody, everybody knows not to do this with Dylan Batances. Yeah. At least not right now. Maybe later in the season, once he's more comfortable, once you have established that he's got his rhythm back, fine. It was a complete disaster. Four stolen bases allowed, including Pilar stealing home. I was bright red in the face watching TV, watching the game on TV because I had secondhand embarrassment from, from Batances. He, the dude cannot hold runners on. And you let somebody, you let a team run hog wild around the bases. That's, that is friggin' embarrassing. That is not doing right by your player, Aaron Boone. That is not. No, it's, well, yeah, I'm not blaming Boom on that one to, to the point, the fact that the freaking Batances can't hold guys on. Uh, a, a sliver of the responsibility will go to the will go to the coaching staff and and teach for not teaching him how to do that. But for God's sakes, work on something like this in the offseason. If you know that you can even freaking John Lester threw over to first base once last year. I, I swear I saw it. If you can't hold guys on, you better work on that because you know what? It's a huge problem. Pilar's throw full four bases, including home. 
You're right. It's embarrassing. He was hopping on third like a little leaguer hops, clapping his hands, acting like the the douchebag little leaguer in your in your uh, you know in the minors, and and he's doing this in a major league ballpark opening week against an all star for the past few years, and he just lets it happen, and then he throws a. Freaking he throws a lawn dart. Ground. He throws a lawn dart trying to get him out at home. It's next to impossible to steal home against a right-handed pitcher. It, well, next to. Next, next to. to right, unless, right. unless Dylan Batantis is that guy. And look, he did the right things. He stepped off. He threw it home. He threw a horrible <laughs> ball. But if he throws a if he throws a strike, if he throws the ball, just you know, just throws it half speed, he's out by a mile. But <clears throat> so that was embar- it was absolutely embarrassing. That's a that's an issue. Should not have brought Patensis back out. But I actually think Boone made a bigger issue or made a bigger error and it was earlier in the game after Warren left with the injury. There was a guy on first base and he allowed he brought out Jonathan Holder. I would not have brought Holder out in that situation. It's a tie game. Your uh, Tyler Austin just got you back in the game. Do not have uh, Holder's first relief appearance of the season on the road in a tie game in a hostile ballpark. Bring in Chad Green. Chad Green was filthy all weekend, and he didn't pitch on Friday. He was fully rested. Bring in David Robertson. He's Houdini. He can get out of jams. Bring in oh, Tommy Canely. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. But, <laughs> For, but foreshadowing. At, at that point, all three of those options were better than Jonathan Holder. It's a tie game late. Do not leave it in the hands of Holder. Holder's first relief appearance should be in a five-run ball game. I don't know. I don't really care about that one as much. I didn't really have a big problem with it. I think if the guy's on the major league roster, and it's not like it's his first time on the major league roster, he's pitched in the uh, in the bigs before. Um, he had a, probably one of the better springs of anybody. You know, you're you're looking at this guy and you're thinking that he has the stuff. You brought him on the team for a reason. I don't have a problem with him going to them. I really don't. Um, you know, if we're talking about something later in the in the uh, in the play or in the playoffs or later in the season, and we're talking about something like that, then yeah, I could see that. But first week, I got no problem with it. You don't, but th- that's not to me. That's not putting your players in the best. Uh, Why? I mean, he's to there. To, he's there to pitch. He's in the major leagues. He earned the spot. He sh- he should have the confidence of his manager. If the manager wants to throw him out there, he has a good stuff. Uh, he has the good matchup. You know, he just didn't make the pitch. But there's a runner in scoring position. There's a runner in scoring position in a tie ball game, and you're on the road. I'm, Use it's your the best. freaking first week. I'm not coddling my players in week this one. This is not I'm talking not about coddling. It. This is not talking about coddling. This is talking about trying to win ball games. Yes. Don't I you, have the co- hey, hey, he has confidence? Hey, Scott, in are you guy. aware? Are you aware that a game in April counts the same as a game in September? <laughs> really? Is that how it works? That's how the, it works. But the thing is, is if you're if you have a guy like Jonathan Holder who won the spot, who's in the in your bullpen for a reason, you have confidence in this guy. Uh, you like the matchup. Why not? Is he really that much worse than Adam Warren? He had a great spring. He had a, he's a young guy who's pitched in the bigs before. It's not like this guy's a, a rookie coming in first time ever. Like he's pitched before. Did it work? Did he get out of the inning? I mean, that's that that's a moot point. It doesn't matter. I can it's say not that, a moot point. He didn't. You want to bring in David Robertson, who gave up a grand slam today? So, what, <laughs> where's your where's okay. your? Let's talk about that because Boone also did not put David Robertson in the best uh, position to succeed in that inning. The problem is the problem. Look, I don't have a problem with the holder one specifically. At the same time, we cannot go into every single little tiny pitching move that he's going to make because he's going to do this stuff. And if if there's a problem with bringing in the wrong guy, one guy over another guy at a particular time, or the first week of the season, then we're going to be looking at every single goddamn thing. Like, yes, I don't have a problem with yes, that. Yes, I have no problem doing. with that. We are. We're... I have. I have. This is how I want him to do. I have. I like the fact that he has confidence in in Holder. I like the fact that Holder has the confidence of his manager. Pitched well. Saw them with his own two eyes. That he pitched well and had confidence in the guy. It didn't work out. That's that's it. I don't think it was in a bad spot. I don't think it was a bad spot to bring him in. Listen, I get it. I get that it's the first weekend of the season. If Chad Green was not rested and and, and Robertson and all these guys could not go or it would be like kind of crazy to use them on a second consecutive day, I would say absolutely use uh, Jonathan Holder. But but when you have rested guys who are extru- like way better options than Jonathan Holder, I have a problem with it. The, the, difference, the difference also, you're talking about week one. So week one, rest might be longer than you think it would be in July. The rest might be, you know, maybe they wanted to give Green another day because they're not trying to get him to throw too much early in the season. You don't know what's going on there. There's a lot of things that that are in play here. And the guys on the roster to throw freaking balls at, you know, at the opponent. So 
Yeah, and Green was filthy on Sunday. He he was he was lights yeah. out all weekend. He pitched two clean innings on Sunday. So got maybe he the needed ball, the extra rest. Got the ball to the late innings uh, with a three-run lead. Tommy Canley gives up the two-run homer. He was wild on, on Sunday. He walked Donaldson, and then he was wild in the strike zone to smoke. Smoke hit the ball out of the ballpark on him. And then the next inning, Robertson finds himself in a jam. Second and third, two outs. Uh, an injured Josh Donaldson at the plate. They choose to intentionally walk him and then go after Smoke, who was killing the ball. It's obviously, in hindsight, was the wrong decision, but a ton of people at the time, including David Cohn, who was eviscerating Boone on the broadcast, said yeah. he did not like this decision. Yeah, it was a it was a bad decision. It really was. It was too much looking at at data that wasn't complete, I guess, is the best way to say it. It just wasn't a, a, a large enough... Small samples. Yeah, it wasn't a big enough And uh, also not size. using your eyeballs is to telling you that Josh Donaldson is not the MVP Josh Donaldson right now. And Justin Smoke hit 38 bombs last year and just hit yeah. one off of Tommy Canely an inning earlier. And it felt like 37 of them were against the Yankees yeah. last year. Like This guy killed the Yankees. And then again today, had already a home run and, uh, and, and, and came in and freaking lit up. And not only that, but his last at-bat... Um, the at bat before that too, I believe it was the one before that. He had just a really, really good at bat that he came up and uh, and singled as well. Like the guy was working the count, you could see that he was seeing the ball really well throughout the entire series. Not a guy I want to pitch to with the bases loaded, especially a guy that's not swinging at bad pitches. Right, like you have no room for error at that point. Why why are you doing that? Like let's go after Josh Donaldson. We saw how he can throw. He can't throw. One of his arms and elbows or shoulders or something is jacked up. Take your chances with that guy. 100%. And if you want to be careful to Donaldson and, and sort of try and get him to chase, fine. But don't back yourself into the corner that they did. And I still trust David Robertson to be able to get out of it. But he was throwing his best pitches. After the game, he said, I threw him two of my best curveballs, and he was able to stay alive. So Smoke right. was just was playing was better. He was playing better at that moment than David Robertson. So at the end of the day, David Robertson got beat. But I don't think that Boone put Robertson in the in the position to best succeed. And that's the problem I have with, with Boone's management on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Well look, again, all of these things we're gonna we're gonna see he's gonna be learning lessons early on. There's no doubt about it. And you know maybe this is a good thing that he got thrown into a gauntlet in the very beginning. It's totally a good thing. With injuries, with um, you know making wrong decisions, now he's going to question why he did things. Like I think it's a good thing to kind of look in the mirror, or look at the reasons you did these things, and then question them. You know, all these things are good. He's going to have conversations with with Rothschild probably. I guarantee he calls his dad, starts talking about manager stuff with that. Like all of these things that making early. Uh, Making early mistakes is a good thing because you can always rebound from them. So, are you aren't you though a little bit? I, I totally agree with everything you, everything you just said, and I don't want to be labeled already as an Aaron Boone hater, but I'm still not going to ignore any time he he messes up and just chalk it up to oh that's our new manager. Let's just see him learn this. Oh, this will be fun. He's going to learn on the job. Like no, I'm still going to get pissed off, and I think that's valid. At but, least at <laughs> least he didn't go out to make a pitching change with nobody warming up in the bullpen. <laughs> did that because happen? we're seeing. Yeah, uh, Gabe Kapler did it this weekend. Oh yes, so yes, yes. We're yeah. seeing we're seeing some <laughs> some uh, some really fascinating uh, managers uh, see, going out there. People who have never, never done this before. We're seeing some really really good stuff from yeah, these guys. Yeah, the game. Even people say baseball is too slow, but it's moving fast when you're in the dugout. Oh hell yeah! You could see Boone is Boone is going to age pretty quickly. Uh, oh, this, I this think month. he aged ten years in the eighth inning on Sunday afternoon alone. His, He's chewing his gum differently than he has ever chewed his gum. The fa his face um, was was very very long. On after the after the game when he was talking to the media, and this is the shit he's going to have to go through. This is what you sign up for when you're the Yankees manager. Yeah, and again, I'm 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 okay with it happening this early. Like if these things continue and he's continually going and and doing similar mistakes over and over again, um, you know that being said, things will happen. Things will not work out, even if it's the right move, even if it's a move that's that's okay. Things will not work out, and that will continue to happen because that's what happens in baseball. Guys make bad pitches, and other guys hit them out of the ballpark, even if it's the right matchup. So here's so, an interesting question because what Boone did was he followed the book. The, the numbers told him to walk Josh Donaldson and have Robertson attack Justin Smoke. Do you think if he had a do-over, he would still follow the book, or would he say, you know what? Donaldson has not looked right all, all, um, all weekend, and Justin Smoke is killing us right now. I have no idea if he would even say anything about that as far as... Oh, he would never say it. I Just what do you think? But 
but what I think, I, I think he's an analytical thinker. I think that when he would look at a situation and probably in, you know, in his private, in his private quarters or by himself reflecting, I would, I would think that he would say, okay, yeah, I, I made a mistake here. I would, I would absolutely, I don't think he would say, no, this was the right thing to do. Because clearly, honestly, when, when we're watching it, everybody looking at the situation and looking with your eyeballs and seeing how freaking on fire Justin Smoke is at that point, it's not the right move. It's just not the right move. And you just can't make... I, I have a problem with guys making... This is one of the problems I have when, when you rely on analytics too much. If you're relying on analytics and it's only a sm- under 10 at-bats, and, and we're talking about at-bats about Justin Smoke... I have no idea when those at-bats happened against David Robertson. I got to believe that they were probably all not last year. And because he has been in the league for a little bit, he was with Seattle, he's floated around a little in a little while. So how do we know when these at-bats were? And if they were early in his career, Justin Smoke is a different player last year than he has been throughout his entire career. He turned a corner last year. Either way, too small of a sample size to make any decisions based on that. Totally. So uh, give give our boy Boone a grade for the weekend. I mean, I'm not going to – it's a C. It's a C. <laughs> okay. Two and two, C. Yeah, I guess I guess uh, it, it, you pass, right? You, he passed. Even D's, yeah. de, even D's get degrees. Coming D's up, do get degrees. I know that firsthand. <laughs> uh, Monty will be on the mound on opening day at Yankee Stadium against the Rays. The Yankees have a two-game series against Tampa with an off day on Tuesday and then the, the four-game weekend series against Baltimore. Um Monty is getting the opening day start. That's, I think, um, that's big. That's big for him. I mean, even, even though it's the fifth game of the season, still opening up, uh, up the stadium is a huge honor. And I think we should all be very confident in Montgomery because what I learned today after the game is that he did a lot of Pilates this winter, and he's very flexible. Ooh, good. So his, uh, his core, his oblique is nice and stretched out. The rib muscle is nice and stretched yeah, out. Can he get that's hicks good? on the Pilates plan? Because uh, he needs to be more uh, flexible. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think this is a good move. No, this is this is like beautiful irony, right? The, the whole offseason we're talking about needing to add a fifth starter, and now our fifth starter, who who I've had confidence in the entire time, uh, is now opening the stadium for the year. So beautiful. I like it. Yeah, it's good stuff. It was great to have, I guess, just baseball back. Um, another thing, actually, I just uh, remembered the lineup. So on opening day, we went with they went with the the three big righties um, in a row: uh, Judge, Stanton and then Sanchez. And then against the righties, we saw Didi in the cleanup spot. Do you like yeah. that, or would you prefer to have the three righties always together so you can get them the most at-bats possible? I, I, don't, I don't mind it. Like I, I think you could go either way, uh, but Didi has proved the time that he was in the cleanup spot, he's been playing really well. I mean, he, he's, uh, he's been extra base hit after extra base hit, it seems like, when he was in that spot. I, I think Didi is taking another step forward. I mean, you look at the... Look at the, the last three years of Didi Gregorius, and he has improved in in his batting average, in the, his approach, in the way that he hits left-handed pitching, in uh, in the home runs, the power. Every single year, we're seeing a tick up from this guy. So I got nothing but confidence that he's going to continue to get better. Um, I think I think we have not seen the ceiling for Didi Gregorius this year. So so no, again, I think Boone has confidence in Didi to be a guy that that can you know effectively. Uh, be in the middle of the order. And, you know, we talked about this on our live stream. When you sandwich Didi between uh, between uh, Sanchez and a... Um, and Stanton. And Stanton, thank you. The the pitch selection is going to be so much better for him. They're not... He's going to be... The pitcher is going to be more aggressive in the strike zone against a guy like Didi, knowing that Gary Sanchez is behind him. I mean, and, and that's a very good thing because if the ball was, is within the strike zone, Didi puts the bat to the ball really well. And I got a lot of confidence in that. So I think it's a good spot for him. Hey, this might seem like a cop-out, but I, I'm fine either way. Whatever Boone decides on, on how he organizes those four players, I'm, I'm pretty much fine with it. Because yeah. no matter who's at the plate, I, I like who is at the plate. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't have a problem with Didi. I think that's, I think it's the biggest thing of, of this is that uh, a lot of people were like, you know, is Didi, is he really that good to, to get another at-bat if, uh, you know, over Sanchez? Yeah. And, I think it's okay. I think he's proved that he's worthy of it. Before we get out of here, just a few things I want to mention. Uh, first of all, just a reminder that we are doing two episodes per week. So our next episode after the one you're listening to right now will be out on Thursday. Uh, also, we did previews last week of all of the AL East teams. So the Yankees are playing the Rays and the Orioles this coming week. So go check out those episodes. And I know that the Red Sox are on the schedule soon after. So um, we knew that the Yankees were going to be playing all those AL East teams uh, pretty soon, so it was great to get those previews in. 
And um, anything else, Scott, before we get out of here? I think that's it for me. Yeah, I'm just excited to see the uh, the stadium buzzing. I'm, I'm pumped up for our event next Saturday. If you have not bought tickets, definitely go on and uh, get your group together and get them. Um, it's going to be a good time. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing a lot of uh, familiar faces that have been out before. Good stuff. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show... We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.